Welcome to This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 25 years. I'm a life coach, author, and speaker. I also work full time as a process analyst in the power industry. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had diabetes for nine years. I love hiking and painting. I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after I get my degree in college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my life and my future, to learn everything I can about type 1 diabetes. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 90 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today we're talking about the research for a cure for type 1 diabetes over the years, probably really more recently, to be honest. Also, this episode is coming out on May 4th, 2021, so I just have to say, may the 4th be with you, because I am a total Star Wars nerd. So we have our wins, fails, and hack of the week, and my win is that I adjusted my correction factors for the afternoon on my insulin pump, and I started turning on my pump's exercise mode, like 3 p.m.-ish, it's about an hour before I go on a walk, to help prevent lows from going on that walk. So far, it seems to be helping, but I think it needs maybe a little bit of fine-tuning, or maybe I need to set an alarm to actually remember to turn on exercise mode early enough, so... That's happening. Current experiment in progress. Jesse, what's your fail? So my fail this week is I kind of have two. So the first one you might be noticing as I'm talking right now is that I can't say my S's correctly at the moment because I just got Invisalign. This should wear off like in a couple of hours, but I just got it done like a half an hour ago. So that's not going to be happening by the end of this. So if I don't sound correct... <laughs> Like if I can't say my THs or my S's all that great, just know this is why. And then my second one is that my stomach piercing, my belly ring actually fell out. So six months ago, I got my stomach pierced for my 18th birthday. I was so excited about it. And then the it didn't heal correctly and stuff happens and it just it didn't I guess it didn't want to work for me. So it fell out and I was kind of bummed. I'm still kind of bummed, but hopefully in six months, once it heals up and everything, I'll get it redone. Oh, and then Colleen. So when you do like the temp target kind of thing, I found that an hour usually works really good. So like uh, turn on exercise mode an hour beforehand? Mm -hmm. Like if you're planning on going on your walk at three, turn it on at two, your blood sugar might go a little bit high, but it gives enough cushion for it to drop a little bit and then it'll stay where it needs to instead of dropping and staying low. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's not exactly temp rate. It's just like built in exercise mode. So it stops the insulin when it's like detecting that you're going to be 80. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different from regular, but yeah, I can, I'll try trying to do it an hour ahead of time. I just need to set a reminder. That's really what I need to do. <laughs> All right, our hack this week is as we get into the warmer weather towards kind of late spring, early summer, remember to keep your supplies with you when you go out. It might feel freeing to go out without an extra bag of supplies, but you don't want to be caught far from home in the heat of the day 
without a low snack or without a change of set if something gets pulled out on the beach or something. Because that has happened. Not specifically to me, but I have heard stories. You just always want to make sure you've got your supplies with you and a way to keep your insulin cool. That's a big one. So you can check out Frio wallets and also Myabetic for some sleep travel kits for your supplies. And we will put links to both of those in the show notes. Awesome. So let's get into the episode. So we've been told for decades that a cure for type 1 diabetes is quote unquote right around the corner. <laughs> After a while, the sentiment gets old and can even give false hope to newly diagnosed diabetics who may think they can get away with not taking care of themselves as well because a cure is, quote, almost here. And this is very true. So first, let's explain why there is no cure for type 1 diabetes. This is an autoimmune condition, which means that the immune system attacks itself. Type 1 diabetes is the result of the immune system destroying the pancreatic beta cells that produce insulin. As we know, insulin is required to live. It's not something that you can ever go without. And once all of those beta cells are gone, they can't come back. Diabetes will progress until all of the beta cells are completely destroyed. This can take months to years, depending on the person, and the honeymoon phase is related to how long this takes. Listen to episode 44 for more information about the honeymoon period for diabetics. A cure for type 1 diabetes must be two things. Stop the immune system from destroying the cells that make insulin, and two, replace the cells that have already been lost. And another thing to note is that it used to be thought that the immune system attacked the pancreas once and then stopped, but it's been shown through some, some of the studies that I found when I was researching this that even though you get diabetes like when you're young or something like that, the, the body never stops attacking those cells. So if you introduce new cells with the potential to generate those islet cells, they still get attacked. So it's a constant like mode that the body is in. It's not a one and done kind of thing. In a 2013 issue of uh, the current Medical Chemistry Journal, Taiwanese scientists published an article reviewing clinical potential for plant-based natural cures for type 1 diabetes, but they prefaced it with this statement, quote, currently there is no cure for type 1 diabetes. Insulin injection is the only medication. However, it accompanies serious medical complications. Current strategies to cure type 1 diabetes include immunotherapy, replacement therapy, and combination therapy. Despite recent advances in anti-diabetic strategies, no strategy is clinically successful. How to cure type 1 diabetes without undesirable side effects still remains a formidable challenge in drug research and development, end quote. The authors of that article readily admit that coming up with a cure will be very, very difficult, but they are hopeful that it could come from natural sources. After all, over the past 25 years, half of prescription drugs have been developed from natural products and their derivatives. There are certainly natural ways to improve your health with type 1 diabetes, but if you remember our episode on bogus cures and claims about this condition, under no circumstances should you attempt to stop insulin and use some kind of natural remedy to cure your diabetes. For the rest of this episode, we're going to highlight some of the recent research into developing a cure or a prevention for type 1 diabetes. And we'll start with probably the most well-known, which is JDRF. They fund a lot of research. 
And the first one that they talk about is encapsulation, which is giving people insulin-producing cells that are protected from immune attack. This includes both islet and pancreas transplantation. The problem with this is that it means the transplant recipients have to take anti-rejection drugs. So it's not a true cure. It's trading those insulin injections or those pump sites with the anti-rejection regimens. Those anti-rejection drugs are risky, which means that for most people with type 1, the risk of transplants vastly outweigh the benefits. Another problem is that there are not enough organ donors to meet the needs of the people who currently need a pancreas or an islet transplant. Regeneration, or getting the body to grow new insulin-producing cells, is another method being researched by JDRF. This is a young branch of research, and human beta cells are difficult to grow and study in a lab environment. JDRF UK branch reports, 2014 saw a major breakthrough in type 1 diabetes stem cell research. Two JDRF-funded research groups independently announced they have developed techniques for growing large volumes of well-developed human beta cell from stem cells in a laboratory. These breakthroughs mean we can study beta cells, how to grow them, how to keep them healthy, and how to keep them safe from the immune system much more easily. Another possibility for reprogramming alpha cells, which make glucagon, to make insulin instead. Regeneration research and clinical trials focus on extending the life of beta cells, in effect, extending the honeymoon phase. JDRF is also funding an ongoing beta cell replacement research, which not only focuses on introducing new beta cells to type 1 patients, but also finding new ways to maintain them without the immune system attacking again. Immune therapy research or retraining the immune system to stop attacking insulin-producing cells. In 2016, JDRF partnered with a company that develops nanoparticle-based therapies to research the possibility of using them to treat type 1 diabetes. This one I actually have heard about from my doctor before, and she's mentioned it a couple of times. It's pretty interesting if you want to do your own research on it. In 2017, JDRF-funded Terra Genetics research into antibodies that inhabit immune activity, which could play a role in treating type 1 diabetes, and in 2018, researchers reported that a blood pressure drug is in use for over 50 years may delay the onset of type 1 diabetes. And in 2019, the FDA gave breakthrough therapy designation to teplizumab, an experimental drug in human trials that delayed full-blown type 1 diabetes by five years in half of the participants. Now, I'll quote from the article from Yale News that was published on March 3rd of 2021. In the trial, an analysis of the 76 subjects showed reduced levels of damage caused by T-cells in response to the drug and improved functioning of insulin-producing beta cells in those who received teplizumab. The subjects in the trial had a median age of 13 years and relatives with type 1 diabetes. Half of a group of people at high risk of developing type 1 diabetes remained disease-free, for more than five years after receiving an experimental drug compared with 22% of those who received a placebo. And those who developed diabetes did so on average about five years after receiving the new drug, called teplizumab, compared with 27 months for those who received the placebo. 
Kevin Harold, senior author of the paper, stressed it is not known whether some of the subjects who received teplizumab will never develop type 1 diabetes. But delaying onset of disease could have a big impact on the development of those at high risk. If approved for use, this will be the first drug to delay or prevent type 1 diabetes, which is pretty stinking awesome. So another research thing that's going on is with stem cells. So using stem cell technology, Salk researchers generated the first human insulin-producing pancreatic cell clusters able to evade the immune system. So we remember we talked earlier about how the immune system keeps attacking these cells. So these ones can evade it. And this is detailed in the Nature Journal on August 19th of 2020. So I'll quote that one too. These immune-shielded cell clusters controlled blood glucose without immunosuppressive drugs once transplanted in the body. That just means they didn't have the anti-rejection drugs. Scientists hope that regenerative medicine in combination with immune shielding can make a real difference in the field by replacing damaged cells with lab-generated human islet-like cell clusters that produce normal amounts of insulin on demand. Transplants of pancreatic beta islets, which are clusters of cells that make insulin and other hormones, from donor tissue can provide a cure, but require patients to take those lifelong immunosuppressive drugs, which carry those serious risks. For decades, researchers have sought a better way to replenish lost pancreatic cells. Now, device-free transplantation of insulin-producing cells like these brings us a step closer to curing the disease, according to the lab. This is the first study to show that you can protect human islet-like organoids from the immune system without genetic manipulation. If able to develop this as a therapy, patients will not need to take immunosuppressive drugs. More research needs to be done before this system can be advanced to clinical trials, but it does sound pretty cool. And then the other one is uh, still along the lines of stem cells, but these researchers discover potential cure for type 1 diabetes using a new method of creating those insulin-producing cells from the stem cells. So human stem cells can be converted into insulin-producing cells to control blood sugar levels, which in effect will cure type 1 diabetes. And this is according to a breakthrough report by researchers at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. And the technique could be effective for up to nine months. The findings of the study showed that human stem cells could be turned into insulin-producing beta cells. The transplantation of billions of such cells could effectively lead to a cure for type 1 diabetes. The principal investigator on the study said, A common problem when you are trying to transform a human stem cell into an insulin-producing beta cell or a neuron, or a heart cell, is that you also produce other cells that you don't want. In the case of beta cells, we might get other types of pancreas cells or liver cells. The more off-target cells you get, the less therapeutically relevant cells you have. You need about a billion beta cells to cure a person of type 1 diabetes. But if a quarter of the cells you make are actually liver cells, or other pancreas cells, instead of needing a billion cells you'll need 1.25 billion cells. It makes curing the condition 25% more difficult. Professor Millman explained that there is still much to do before this strategy can be used to treat people with diabetes, but that research is continuing. The research for a cure is expensive, but it's ongoing. Foundations like JDRF and the Jocelyn Diabetes Center fund this research in the hope that a cure is coming. But don't use that hope for a cure as a reason not to take care of yourself now. Having type 1 diabetes is an opportunity to develop healthy habits and take control of your life. 
Now, I don't know what my life would look like if I hadn't been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, but I am willing to bet that I would not be as healthy as I am today without it. It's kind of wild to think about. The spotlight this week is on Dr. Denise Faustman, the director of the Massachusetts General Hospital Immunobiology Laboratory. She's currently conducting the BCG Human Clinical Trial Program to investigate if the BCG vaccine could be a treatment for established type 1 diabetes. Established type 1 diabetes. I like that. Much of the cure research focuses on reversing or halting newly diagnosed cases, but a vast majority of type 1 diabetes is established, meaning people have had it for years. I've had it for over 25. Jesse's had it for over nine. On the lab's website, they say most trials testing immune interventions in type 1 diabetes are conducted in new onset diabetics. This clinical trial program is unique in focusing on patients with established rather than newly diagnosed type 1 diabetes. It is also unique in being a nonprofit drug development program, supported solely through philanthropic donations from the public and nonprofit organizations, as well as in seeking diabetes reversal using an inexpensive generic drug. This is also interesting. Both JDRF and the American Diabetes Association issued a joint statement to the diabetes community not to get too excited about Dr. Faustman's work, but her past success with controversial claims that ended up being accepted 10 years later, after the fact, could be an indicator that she's onto something with this research path. Whatever the outcome, it will be really interesting to watch what comes of her research. Okay, so our question for you guys this week is, when do you think we'll see a cure for type 1 diabetes? In your lifetime, in the next 100 years, we'd love to hear your guesses in the comments and see which one is actually true eventually. Yeah, we probably won't find out forever. (laughs) I honestly don't think it's going to be in our lifetime. Just going to say it. I really don't. I think it'll be close when I die, like really close when I die, but which is weird to say considering I'm 18, but I think they'll get close like in the next century or so, but I don't think there'll be like a full on cure until like 2120 or something like that. Mm. Yeah. It's, that's out there. So hopefully this podcast has lasted until then. So if you're in yeah. the 22nd century and you're listening to this, you might have the cure for diabetes in your future. In any case, that is it for this episode of this is type one. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 90. That's the number 90. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, please fill out the form on our podcast page at thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. I have a Facebook group where I coach people for free in the comments, and I go live on most Saturdays. You can join Life and Mindset Coaching by visiting the link in the show notes. So I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward. I'm on DMP as at Colleen Mitchell. And our email is Colleen at InspiredForward.com. And I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. If you do reach out on Instagram, make sure you mention you're a listener of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. 
It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.